0: Hot and cold, I looked everywhere for what I need. But now I know, now I know, I'm going back. Hello, welcome to SOS. I'm your host, Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. Thank you for joining me tonight. I'm really excited. Tonight's show is all about soulfully orgasmic sex, the sacred act of sexual union, intimacy, and connection. And as hot as it's been in California today, it might get a little warm in here tonight. And halfway through the show, around 8.30, I'll take some callers. You can call into the show. The best numbers are 888-627-6008 and 323-744-4831. So I'd love to hear from you. As a heart-based, intuitive soul sculptor and fearless healer, I guide you to chip away whatever obstructs your health, happiness, sex, or success to have the life and happiness of your dreams. I'm an international best-selling author, and you can find my books, including my audiobook, Orgasm for Life, on Audible and also on Amazon. My goal each week is to share tools that work and energy to uplift you. My sole purpose here is to awaken and to help you have the happiest life possible. So we're all going to just take a little breath here. Tonight, like I said, we're talking about sex. We're going to be talking about some of the contents of my book, Orgasm for Life, but not all. And what we're actually diving into is how to create deeper intimacy and a heart-based connection, not just sex. All right. So, as in the words of Marvin Gaye, let's get it on. The idea of sex can send shivers up the spine of those who love it and yet irritate the heck out of those who don't. And for many of us women who were raised by controlling parents who attempted to keep us from having sex too early, we may have been marred by the statements and fear-driven programming like, Men only want one thing. Growing up with fears of pregnancy, keeping our virginity chaste as long as possible, straddling the passion train may have been a bit of a challenge. And for those women who struggle with issues surrounding orgasmic release, it is my hope that between my book and this show that we can be of some help. To be soulfully orgasmic, we need to be able to orgasm. And many women have issues with this experience. I know of several that have died without ever having an orgasm. And to those that have had sexual trauma or rape, that can cause issues with sexual dysfunction. And 40% of women, sadly, have some type of sexual dysfunction and cannot orgasm through sex. And then there are those amazing women that can think themselves into orgasm. And now don't worry, you guys, I'm I'm getting to you. And always with the human form, there are extremes and then the norm. Women and men can both stimulate themselves to orgasm in roughly the same amount of time. However, when a man attempts to perform the same function on his female counterpart, it might take the woman quite a bit of time to get there, maybe even as much as 40 minutes or more. So um, when a man attempts to perform the same function, he may need to have his hand guided gently, loving instructions rather than us acting like a drill sergeant. Sex is a form of expression of love. It's not a military drop-and-give-me-20 drill. So how then can we go beyond societal programming to allow enjoyment to engulf us rather than evade us? Well, we're going to be exploring how to create sacredness and deeper connection during the sexual experience tonight well, maybe not on the air, <laughs> I'll give you some exercises to do at home, as well as changing the negative background programming that keeps some from enjoying sex fully with ourselves and our partners. Both religious beliefs and societal programming has attempted to shame us. Even spirituality has led to some building of a spiritual wall around sex as if it wasn't meant to be an integral part of us. Some firmly believe that celibacy brings us closer to god unfortunately celibacy forced or observed with an option can lead to perversion and i've known one brahmin monk who masturbated himself to enlightenment really absolutely because the kundalini rises up the spine into the third eye in the pineal gland and if you witness your next orgasm in the moment and i'm hearing you Yes, I'm really in the moment. No, seriously, I want you to follow the energy, the orgasm the next time you experience it. And just watch how the energy rises all the way up your spine, culminating in the third eye. That is the kundalini rising. Rather than focusing on just what your genitals are experiencing. Might be an interesting experience for you. Well, the truth is we were all programmed for pleasure. And there's another function that our body expresses like an orgasm that lights up 80 centers of the brain. Truly, not prayer, not meditation, nothing lights up 80 centers of the brain like orgasm. So how could something created for us by God be bad? Who do you think created sex anyway? Our bodies were beautifully designed like two puzzle pieces that fit exquisitely together. Great sex can help a relationship last a lifetime. Sex, along with truthful communication, will help a marriage last too. And a couple that commits to grow together has a far greater chance of success than one who does not. Sex allows men to open up and allow a woman into his inner sanctum. Without sex, men shut down emotionally and will generally not allow a woman in. Women, too, will find other ways to find satisfaction if they're not having sex. Being rejected by our partner can negatively affect our self-esteem. Well, numbers will help us understand what's happening in the bedrooms of Americans and also around the world. I've interviewed thousands of people in many different countries, and I have Lots of that data in my book, Orgasm for Life. Most couples have sex an average, you're going to love this, 54 times a year. And I know you're you're going, how many weeks are there? A sexless marriage is one where sex occurs less than once a month. 15 to 20% of couples had no sex last year. Georgia University found that almost one-fifth had no sex the year preceding the study that they did. 27% of women and 15% of men did not have sex in the last 12 months, according to Very Well Mind. People who have sex less than once a week are less happy in their marriage than those who do. The interesting caveat here is those that have sex three to four times a week are apparently no happier than those who have a frequency of once a week. And according to Good Housekeeping, after four years of marriage, only 48% of women want sex. William James discovered that by the end of the first year of marriage, sex had dwindled to less than half what it was in the first year of marriage. The first month after marriage, 17 times, and then dropping to 8, and so on. Well, it seems that For many, passion fizzles out after the knot is tied. Yet I know hundreds of women who long to be in a relationship. Well, what gives? The reason couples aren't having sex is more important than the sexual activity. Couples that aren't having sex consider divorce more often than couples that are. Intimacy is an important part of marriage. 61% of those respondents in the survey reported that intimacy was extremely important in a marriage. And why aren't they having sex? Let me tell you about Bill. Bill came to me several years ago and told me his story. He had been married for over 40 years to the same woman. They had sex the first two years And then the marriage was sexless, no sex whatsoever. His wife stopped having sex with him after their two children were born, two years into their marriage. Bill came to me for coaching and energy healing. He was masturbating on his own and not experiencing pleasure. He had never heard of that before, nor had I. The issue was he longed for this connection, that he was missing with his wife. It wasn't just sex he wanted. I worked with him several times and then he called me to let, him, let me know his wife had passed away. Now, you might think he was celebrating her death. He did not. He was bereft beside himself as a matter of fact. He was a good man and loyal to his wife all those years. They'd been married and together Without sexual intimacy for well over 40 years and I can hear some of you men going well, holy fuck I wouldn't be in that relationship after that amount of time But he was committed So at first he used to date when he first started to date. He was dating women that wanted his money and I did another session on him and gave him some really good clear guidance on what to look for in a good woman he could trust and he found her and guess what she hadn't had sex in over 17 years and they began an elder relationship but with blissful sex including oral sex he sent me picture after picture of how happy the two of them were so what I want to say is there is a happy ending and Bill was rewarded for his loyalty. But sadly there are many marriages that have no sexual activity whatsoever. And statistics show us that relationships which have a strong sexual attraction with deep connected regular sex are healthier, happier and last longer. People who have regular sex touch each other more often enjoying a deeper level of intimacy. Both reinforce the love between a couple. Humans need touch. When we stop having sex, we seldom touch one another. We may brush off a hug, a kiss, or a hand, don't touch me, don't kiss me. Instead of snuggling at night, we may sleep apart or even in separate bedrooms. And we're more apt to notice our partner's flaws and faults argue and complain about our partner's behavior when we're not entwining legs and engulfing body parts. Saying yes to sex means saying yes to love and ultimately more happiness with greater well-being. Saying no turns women into bitches and sends our men out the door to have sex with the coffee barista, tennis buddies, or bartender at the local wine bar who listens there is always someone who will say yes. Why can't it be you? It is my contention that sexual connection deepens our soulful connection and intimacy so that nothing can tear us apart. When we connect through sex, exchanging passionate kisses, looking into one another's eyes, caressing, I can hear you purring, and breathing in one another's oxygen How can you not fall more deeply in love? The reason that I wrote Orgasm for Life after teaching self-love for a decade was that I was guided. Yes, God whispered in my ear, believe it or not. Yes, he did. He, she. Um, I heard, write a book about sex. This was 2012. I was incredulous. I felt like it was a 180-degree turn from what I'd been teaching The message given to me was that women who hate sex don't want to make love to their husbands and partners because they hate themselves. Loving sex is part of a healthy, respectful relationship with ourself. Many of us need help. Many of us need more self-love. Unfortunately, there are still women faking orgasms. Now, this used to be me well, why? Well, maybe she thinks it takes her too long to get there. Maybe she doesn't feel confident enough to tell him what she needs. Or maybe she feels she'll let him down and crush his self-esteem if she's honest enough to say, you know, I'm not coming when we have sex. Truth is, 40% of women have some type of sexual dysfunction. Now, men too can have difficulties and especially older men with prostate issues but we need to be responsible for our own pleasure we need to be able to say faster harder over to the left a little more oh yeah that's where I like it if we can't speak up for ourselves in the bedroom where else are we not responsible our satisfaction has to be our responsibility just like our personal happiness We can't expect our partner to just know. As much as we want them to be, they aren't mind readers. Well, where does sex begin? It begins in the mind. So I want you to use your beautiful mind. Think back to the first time that you met your lover. Do you remember the chemistry that was present? Or the sexual tension that began to build okay come on back you need to be back here listening to me get out of your fantasy okay so what's wrong today with our world it's that we live in an on-demand society we don't wait for anything if we want it we buy it on Amazon if we don't have the money we use our credit cards If we don't have it at home, we'll find it on the internet, including pornography. We aren't used to waiting anymore for anything. Sexual tension needs to grow. We need to create passion with our partner intentionally. We have to stop having mindless sex. Waiting to have sex the first time leads to greater passion. If we give it all on the first or third date, as it's expected, what more is there to look forward to? Why not slow things down? Hold hands, get all giggly, smooch in the back seat for a while. All right, so I want you to close your eyes and think back to the wildest sexual experience you ever had. I know you like these fantasies. So take a deep breath the wildest sexual experience you ever had. Where were you? How old were you? What do you remember? Did your partner have an orgasm? Did you know? So while we're in this state of play, I'd like to share a practice to add passion and incredible excitement to your sexual play. And um, this is an activity, I'm going to give you two, but the first one is an activity to perform with your partner, fully clothed, on a couch, not a bed. So the idea here is not to make love but to raise your sexual energy to a peak that gets you both feeling so lit up that you feel like you're back in your teens. So I call this static kissing. It's best done in comfortable clothes and I will remind you keep your clothes on. This is an exercise to be done full clothed. So laying on your couch together. I just want you to think about this and you can you can do this after you finish listening to me on the radio. Laying on the couch together facing one another. Whoever is underneath, you know, can on the side can put their arm under their partner's head that is above them. Facing one another, looking at each other, moving slowly and you know, you can hold each other touching body parts, if you like. But what the idea here is to just join your lips together, touching, but not moving. No tongues, no tongues. Just touching your lips together, but not moving. Hold your lips together, breathing, breathing in your partner. This is so hot. So allow the sexual energy to build, just holding one another close. Bodies touching, lips together. Oxytocin is released when our lips are touching. Now, I did this with a man. Um, he revealed to me he'd never felt passion in all his lovemaking sessions, we were in a relationship and uh, we did this just kind of an informal exercise. So in, in over 40 years, he had never experienced passion. Can you imagine? This exercise netted passion he'd never ever felt before. Eventually the passion will build to such a level that you will have to move, you, your mouths will move. And you may want to give in to the pleasure, but don't rush. Wait. Wait. Be patient. Allow the energy to surge through you. And do this exercise without experience or expecting anything. Release all your expectations. Surrender to the experiment. All right. So have to calm that heavy breathing so you can hear my voice. (laughs) Take a deep breath. Okay, so the second exercise you may not like quite as well. That one is really good, static kissing. I have a blog about it somewhere. The second one is eye gazing. Eye gazing increases intimacy, and it can be done if you've been with your partner a long time or a short time. And you can perform this like a meditation prior to lovemaking. You could sit knee to knee in front of one another or cross-legged if you wish. So sitting in front of your partner, not touching, your hands in your own lap, look into your partner's eyes. You can set a timer on your phone, but don't leave your, to- your phone on so that it can ring You don't want to have technology interfering with the sex act. Looking into your partner's eyes, do your best to focus on the love between you. You're going to do this for three minutes. Breathing, looking into each other's eyes. Look at one another without judgment. Breathe, sit still, and do your best to be fully authentic. I have seen married couples feeling awkward. They're having a hard time doing it because there's no intimacy between them. You have to be able to allow somebody to see you. Into me, I see. That is what intimacy means. You allow someone to see inside you. See inside your soul, your heart. So we're doing that for three minutes, and then you can make love. So what's the truth about men and women? I encourage you to get my book, Orgasm for Life. It's not only is it the best book I've written, it, the Audible book is incredible. It will turn you on. It will wake you up, it will do all kinds of wonderful things to both of you, but it's going to teach you how to be different in your relationship. It will help you come to a deeper understanding of who you are and who your partner is. Women and men are very differently wired and often women expect men to be more like them to expect a man to be like a woman they're wired differently they get sexually aroused differently than we do their sexual parts are on the outside they can't hide it when they're aroused like we can women on the other hand except for our breasts all of our body parts our sexual parts are inside internal If we're turned on, nobody knows. So men are more easily aroused. They're more visual creatures. They're turned on when we take off our socks, (laughs) when we walk in front of them naked, when we get out of the shower. 40 minutes of massage, touch, kissing, fondling, digital stimulation, and I'm not talking about with your cell phone. I'm talking about with your finger (laughs) before they're ready for penetration. Unfortunately, sometimes our partners think that as soon as we're wet, we're ready to go. But that is not an indication of our arousal state. Many women are not in their body and will disassociate when you make love to them. What does that mean? They're not there, they're somewhere else. Massage ensures she's present in her body. Spend time, touch from head to toe. Kiss her neck, nibble her ears, kiss her hands. If you've ever had someone kiss the palm of your hand, it's incredible. Tell her how beautiful she is, how wonderful she smells. Even with penetration, only a percentage of women orgasm this way. So many struggle to cross the finish line in orgasmic passion with our partner. 37%, according to the direct sex survey, says... It's a rarity, only 37% orgasm together. 65% of American adults daydream about making love more often outside the bedroom. 65% of American adults have gotten hot and heavy in a car or truck. 35% have taken more than a dip in a swimming pool, catch my drift. 31% have bared it all on the beach or maybe an ocean. Read my book. 26% of women fake orgasm every time. 28% of men fake orgasm. A little bit more difficult. 80% 80 of women fake orgasm over 50% of the time. I'm going to repeat that one. 80% of women fake orgasm half the time. Clearly, we have to have a conversation here. Women have to get in touch with their bodies so they can communicate what they need to get there. There's a gentle way to guide your man to do what you prefer rather than having him do what he feels you need or like. No one wants to have a drill sergeant in the bedroom, but sacrificing your pleasure and satisfaction to make your partner feel good sucks. (laughs) It's also detrimental to yourself and your partnership, your relationship. It is dishonest. Communicating through our heart is what is needed. Through careful, compassionate communication, both partners create deeper intimacy. We can't have intimacy without being authentic. It requires honesty to be authentic. So faking it is getting in the middle of your relationship, ladies. I understand. I used to be a faker. It wasn't a mean-spirited act. I thought I was increasing my husband's self-esteem. But what happened was I was weakening mine and my personal power. So having a deep sense of connection while teaching each other sexual preferences through our sexual expression, creates a more connected relationship. Connecting your heart with your genitals, this is a really interesting exercise. It will shift pure sex to an expression of tenderness and love. Rather than a mechanical sex act or technique, otherwise known as a fuck, a sense of presence with connection during your lovemaking shifts your relationship from that of spouses or partners to lovers. This deep connection can enhance your orgasm. Can you imagine lifting your sexual experience to be one of a spiritual experience? Is it any wonder when we do get into that height of sexual exploration and experience we say oh God oh God oh God yes we connect with the divine when we make love it's an expression of God we're meeting our divinity when we make love there's no place God is int yes even in the bedroom So I'm just going to walk you through this process of moving your sexual energy from your genitals up into your heart. So to do this, you close your eyes and you envision your sexual energy in your genitals. Not hard to do, guys, I know. And envision the energy moving up into your heart. You may have to do this several times to get the hang of it. And eventually the energy is going to surge upward towards your third eye and you may experience multiple body orgasms as well. We can have skin orgasms. So to assist, you could elicit your partner to trace the sexual energy upwards with her light finger touching just fingertips towards your heart and then your mind, tracing the energy moving from your genitals up your abdomen, through your heart, through your chest, all the way up to the third eye. You can do this a couple of times. It's a really beautiful experience to share together. Love making is not an experience that only happens in the bedroom. It can happen all day with a text. Well, maybe you don't want to text your partner in lockdown, but maybe a hug, a squeeze of your partner's hand. Fingers running down your partner's neck. You know, to separate your lovemaking from the rest of your life, downplays your bond. We make love all day long with our voice, our words, our smile, our touch. Having deeply fulfilling touches throughout the day lets the other person know that you care about them. And you appreciate them at other times not just when you want to have sex. Make love all day. Now, I can share a little story, a personal story. In a marriage that I had, I had a partner that only touched me when he wanted sex. It made me feel objectified. I didn't feel loved and nurtured and cared for. I felt like an object. So touch that occurs apart from the bedroom shows your partner they mean a lot to you. You can say a great deal without speaking. And right now you may not want to be talking. <laughs> Through meaningful glances, passionate touch, we are all about the sexual experience here, but I would be remiss if I did not express how important non-sexual touch is. To continue connection and deepening love and intimacy that will win you more brownie points than a boob grab or an ass slap ever will. Those grab-and-go touches bring more annoyance and undermine your partner's self-respect. Playfulness has its place and can be fun. But make sure you're respectful by understanding your partner's innate desires. I suggest taking turns. Have sacred sexual sessions when one person gets pleasured without having to return the favor. Tantra style, actually. When we're so focused on pleasing our partner, the result can be that one person is left feeling flat. When we're both trying to get to the end result at the same time, we can't focus on our own personal pleasure especially difficult for women, a lot of women. Bringing a woman to orgasm digitally, stimulating her G-spot, can then allow her to orgasm a second time, maybe even a third, with penetration. And where is the G-spot, you ask? Does she really have one? I assure you, everyone does, every woman does, and men have the prostate. Well, where is it? The G-spot is inside the vagina on the upper vaginal wall. So it's inside. Depending on your woman's height, it it depends on how tall she is. So it could be an inch to an inch and a half on the upper wall inside the vaginal opening. So to get there, you have to turn your hand upward in a come-hither motion like a contortionist to reach it. But it is worth getting the hand cramp that you might have, <laughs> at least for us women, women, right ladies? <laughs> you can actually get a G-spot wand to stimulate this area, and there are vibrators for G-spot as well. Uh, once you begin to orgasm with the G-spot, you usually ejaculate if you're well hydrated. Now. I've had some men say to me, I had my partner ejaculate, and I didn't like it. <laughs> Think about how we feel, guys. We, we've, had, we've had your ejaculate for how many years? <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> Let's be fair here. So this ejaculate is not urine. It's from the skein's glands, not from the bladder. And no, it doesn't contain sperm. Only the men get to carry those little babies. So I want to just reiterate where the G-spot is and that on the outside, the clitoris or clitoris, 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 is the little button, the magic button on the outside on the top of the pubic bone. Now, it is different with different ladies. It looks different for different women. But it's on the pubic bone. It boasts... I want you to all hear this, 8,000 nerve endings double the number of the nerve endings in the penis. And I especially like to tout this number because men, I know men love their penis and we love them too, but our little clitoris is a pretty powerful little button and when it is stimulated, a woman can have an orgasm that can and all it's it's pretty beautiful so learn how to stimulate the clitoris to bring your woman to orgasm and ladies learn to do it yourself it's in my book so the vaginal opening is the canal i just want you to be certain what i'm talking about here the vaginal opening is the canal that your penis goes into and i've had some people ask me Isn't this little button the G-spot? No, but the clitoris is actually the outside portion of the G-spot, and it has these long roots that go down into the G-spot, so the two are connected. For most women, unless they're spending time stimulating the G-spot, waking it up, it's not in evidence until at least 20 minutes of sexual activity. So often what happens while you're having penetrative sex, her partner is coming because the penis swells with the ejaculation. The glands expand and that is what touches the G spot and that's when you'll hear her moan and groan and then you come. And so it it could be quite a disappointment for her that you come a little bit too soon. So work on stimulating the G-spot before you enter her. That will help a lot. For those women that have difficulty having an orgasm, again, we need to feel around and get to know our exquisite bodies well. There's nothing wrong with it. Pleasuring ourselves, you know, if we were not meant to pleasure ourselves, our our clitoris would be, you know, on our shoulder, the middle of our back or someplace like that. Our hands reach beautifully, so it's not bad or wrong. There's no shame in sexual exploration. There is no, no shame at all in self-pleasuring. So when we get to know what we like, we can explain to our partners. Men are very well informed about what they like, and they can give you a dissertation and directions, hold my balls, grab this here, (laughs) jerk me there, men will tell you exactly what they want. And we need to be just as adept at explaining what we want our men to do. All right. So there's plenty of reasons why we don't orgasm with our partners But we can masturbate just as quickly. I mentioned that already. But our minds often are full of criticism of others. How do we look? How do we smell? How do we taste? We might shun oral sex because we don't feel we smell good or taste good. When we say no once to our partner, if we're uncomfortable, how do they know when it's okay to go down on us? Often assumptions are made that we don't enjoy oral, but need to give to our partner. Sex is a form of communication. We need to communicate these things. I recommend making sex sacred by respecting ourselves and our partner, showering and bathing or bathing before we bear it all. The better we feel about ourselves, the cleaner we feel, the more sacred the act is and The more relaxed we feel, the more pleasure we receive. The idea is to slow down. Light a candle. Rather than making love in the dark, allow all your senses to be stimulated. Use essential oils to ignite your sense of smell. Just keep them away from the genitalia as the skin there is sensitive and could be subject to burning from direct contact with essential oils. Don't ever put essential oils on your penis or the vagina or the vulva. Coconut oil mixed with essential oils makes a good massage compound, though. So we need to feel good about our body, and it doesn't mean that we have to look like Adonis or a supermodel to feel good. Our self-esteem shows up big time in the bedroom when we're getting naked for the first time, or even the 40th time. We are never so vulnerable as when we are naked with our partner. It doesn't matter how long we're together. A partner that teases us about our fat ass or belly is going to find themselves in a very long, cold and lonely winter. If we can't slow down our lives enough to rev our engines, we don't experience passion. Sex isn't meant to be a rushed experience. Today, we have more time than ever. Use those two exercises I shared with you, slowing down to a new activity. There's nothing like a new activity to rev up the engines. Doing the same old thing every time, in the same way, in the same room, with the same person can become routine and cause us to disconnect. Rather than assuming, you'll have to do the sex talk, talk about it, ask, what can I do to turn you on? There's nothing more sacred than being asked, may I touch your breast? May I touch your inner thigh? May I put my finger inside you? It is a reverence that leads to sacredness and trust. Our bodies are our temple when we treat one another with respect. We build trust this way. Without trust, women don't come. Without trust, women can't let go. When the dog needs a walk or there's dishes in the sink, many women just can't have sex. If you insulted her mother or her cooking, don't expect her to cartwheel into bed and open her legs. Women are like that. We're emotional creatures. Sometimes you have to say sorry for being an ass. Women, too, need to apologize when we're being an ass. If we're not being compassionate or kind, maybe we need to apologize. Divorce is up 30% in China. Maybe with an increase in passion, we can overcome the difficulties of being locked down together. Let's not have that happen here. Orgasmic bliss is looking at sex differently. Sex is not the most important part of a relationship, but it is the glue. Deepening intimacy through total transparency and honesty with open accurate communication will bring you closer when it happens outside the bedroom. Without a deep connection on the spiritual plane, sex is merely banging body parts together. Sex becomes an empty exchange of lower-level recreation or recreational sex or sport rather than one of higher mind-body spiritual connection. When you can put aside all your differences and then come together With the purpose of mutual pleasure, free of ego, our worlds collide with blissful exchange unknown until now. And then the higher planes of sexual spiritual love begin to come into view. This is the place of orgasmic bliss. All right, everybody, take a breather. All right. So, I know this was great, this was hot, and now I'm going to turn you off. Yep. So, the bullshit segment. What is bullshit about sex? And there's plenty of it out there. All right, so take a deep breath here with me. Porn. We're going to have a whole show about porn. But right now, I just want to do a quick little overview. A lot of people think that porn is okay. Porn is not going to negatively impact a relationship. Well, that's not the truth of the studies. The studies show that porn undermines commitment and leads from fantasy to real world cheating. And that's what Amanda Maddox and her team discovered when they studied men ages 18 to 34 who were all in romantic relationships. The researchers measured the levels of negative communication, relationship adjustment, dedication, interpersonal commitment, sexual satisfaction, and infidelity. In their study, and this is profound, 76.8% of men and 34.6% of women looked at sexually explicit material while they were by themselves. 44.8% reported viewing it with their partners. They found that those who didn't view porn at all had lower levels of negative communication. They were more committed to the relationship, had higher sexual satisfaction and relationship adjustment. Their rate of infidelity was at least half of those who watched sexual material alone and with their partners. But people who only watched watched, (laughs) anyone who watched porn with their partners were more dedicated to the relationship and more sexually satisfied than those who watched alone. And like I said, I, I will go more deeply into porn in another show about teenage porn and how we don't want our teens to learn how to make love through pornography. It's not the way to go. All right, the other one, now this one is, it's really exciting to me to talk about penis size. You know, we all want to have a penis to worship, don't we, ladies? Well, you know, there are most women say that penis size doesn't matter as much as you think it would. Recently, researchers at UCLA and Cal State Los Angeles published a report that said 84% of women felt very satisfied with their man's penis size. 14% wish it were larger, and 2% wished it were smaller. So you can't please everybody. And the 84% figure means that 7 out of every 8 women think their man is just fine, corroborating my assertion that size doesn't matter to the substantial majority of good women. All right, so the next one, also bullshit. So sex is dirty and shameful to God. Well, remember who created our bodies. God did. (laughs) We were meant to have pleasure and not just procreate. You know, if we were not meant to have pleasure, 80 centers of the brain wouldn't light up, giving us the experience and the presence of God. We were created to enjoy pleasure. The enjoyment of a fresh, juicy strawberry. The juice dripping down our chin the exhilaration of a thunderstorm, dolphins in the ocean. We were wired for pleasure, and sex is part of this pleasurable experience. Wherever we are, God is. So when you say, oh God, oh God, oh God, God is smiling too. My creations are enjoying their physical forms. Good for them. God is smiling too. All right, so the last bullshit for the night. Abstaining from sex brings you closer to God. Absolute, utter bullshit. In fact, I want to remind you who it was that guided me to write the book about sex. I never would have written Orgasm for Life if God hadn't whispered in my ear, write a book about sex. I'm Jennifer Elizabeth Masters, and I have so enjoyed being with you all. I wish you passion. I wish you joy, love, and sexual pleasure beyond anything you have experienced so far. I love you all. Good night. God bless. Going back, I'm going back, I'm going back to loving me high and low. Hot and cold I looked everywhere For what I need But now I know Now I know